0: Welcome to our bonus podcast. Uh, I'm Crystal Taves, I'm the pastor of women here at Northview and I'm joined by Thalia. Hello, my co-pastor yes. and co-host in this bonus podcast. We thought we would do uh, kind of a Christmas special, I guess this time, using a passage of scripture uh, that we've been using a lot this year. Um, I work through that and to give you an idea of why this passage of scripture has been just so important to us mm-hmm. this year. We've used it in a lot of different settings. We have, yeah, <laughs> so and it's, it's still important to us. It is. We talk about it like almost daily. Yes, <laughs> using the terms, and we know what each other is saying because mm-hmm. we've talked about it through it so many times over the last year. So we apologize if it sounds a bit echoey. We are in a new room. Everything's being changed around now at Christmas, so and there's a whole new
1: recording studio downstairs. In fact, in terms of that they have all kinds of new equipment. Yeah. And Crystal and I are afraid <laughs> to go and use it until we get some lessons. Yes. So if Johnny listens to this, we apologize, Johnny. We will be in the recording studio with the new equipment. We are just a little afraid on our own
0: <laughs> to mess it up. <laughs> I've <laughs> actually used it. I've been in the extra podcast, but I have not actually set it up. Yeah. yeah. So I don't yeah, know how to Yeah, you've used it with the guys who know how to exactly. use it. I know. That doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. I would be useless to you. Yeah. So that <laughs> will not help. We'll, we'll do it, though. I think it would be good for us to push
1: through that one more level of technological (laughs) advancement. But they keep changing it, and then we have to keep learning it. It's getting a little tiring at times, Yeah, but I'll be able to do that in the New Year's. Just Christmas, (laughs) I'm getting
0: a bit tired. It's just easy to go to a room and just set up our basic microphone. (laughs) (laughs) And do what we normally do. Yes. Yes. So this passage that we're going to talk about is not one that you will hear read in Advent readings, or in a lot of different, it's not Luke, and it's not Matthew, and it's not Mark, and it's not the Gospels. Um, it's a passage from way back in Ezekiel 34. So you're saying people might actually be interested to stay listening yes, because they won't be so bored. This won't be a normal Christmas passage. Um, the first time I read this passage, I think was when I was doing my Old Testament survey or foundations class at Regent, and it just hit me. Like it just was one of those that was a conviction and like a knife yeah, um, in a good way. And I, we've come back to it over and over again. So. Uh, it has a Christmas message uh, as we get on further through it. So I'm going to get Thalia to read the first uh, six verses of Ezekiel 34, and then also verse 10. Okay. And then we're going to talk about uh, kind of what the context of this
1: passage is. So Ezekiel 34, 1 to 6, and then verse 10. If you happen to have the Bible from the church pews, it's page 611. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Thalia is reading about. I know. Yeah. So it says... The injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered, they wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. And then down to verse 10. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them.
0: So the book of Ezekiel was written um, in about 500, 580 or so before Christ, years before Christ. And it was written by a prophet who was talking to the people about what happened to them when the Babylonian Empire came in and took over and just destroyed Israel. And one of the reasons he's saying that this happened is because the shepherds, the people who were meant to take care of the people of Israel, just weren't doing it. And you go through all all the Old Testament and the leaders of the people were called the shepherds. So Moses was called a shepherd, King David was called a shepherd. That was a term used to talk about the people who were the leaders of the people of Israel. So specifically, the things that they weren't doing, well, what are some of the things that you read that they weren't doing? Well, it starts off with, they have not fed the sheep. Yeah. They've been feeding themselves. This idea that the leaders were just out for their own gain, their own glory, their own, yeah, their own goodness without taking care of anybody else.
1: Yeah. And then there's a whole list. The the shepherds are clothing themselves. Um, They have not strengthened the weak. They've not healed the sick they've not bound up the injured, they have not sought the
0: strays and the lost, and they've ruled with force and harshness. Yeah, it's a picture of completely self-centered ruling. Yeah. When we were, I, we talked on this passage last week at our women's Christmas party in Mission, and I use an example of um, a storm that my husband and I were in, in southern Thailand. We were at, on Christmas Eve going to this little island in southern Thailand, and the wind blew up. You were how old I was older. 20-some, 22, 23. We'd been married two or three years. Okay. And we were in the middle of this rickety boat going to this little island, and the storm blew up, and all of us were sitting in the bottom of this boat trying not to get sick, and the waves <laughs> were like crashing against the ship, and in the middle of the storm, they also lost the steering, so we had no way to actually go forward into the waves, and we were just getting crashed, you know, sidelong yeah. by the waves and just rocking like crazy. And in the middle of this, they kept serving alcohol at the back, and so it wasn't really a good scene. And one big wave hit the boat, and this German guy just yelled out, we're all going to die, and everybody just dove for life jackets. Until then, nobody had grabbed a life jacket. And in and amongst all the white tourists, there were all these Thai tour guides who were the people that would you know, have their 30 people that they'd herd onto yep. the ship and they were supposed to be taking care of them. And the Thai tour guide sitting beside us grabbed five life jackets for himself <laughs> and he had one over his head and one over each arm and one under each leg. And he was just taking care of himself. Yeah. He didn't care that he had 30 people that he'd taken on board the ship and that he should be taken care of. Yeah,
1: he had five to himself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and wow. so my husband had to kind of, I mean, my husband's 6'3", and this guy was about 5'2". And <laughs> yeah. he quickly got five of them, out, or four of them away. He kept one with him. But it was this picture in my mind of somebody who's supposed to be there in a specific role, taking care of people, but instead taking looking care out just himself. looking out for himself.
1: Because of the fear.
0: and Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so that was kind of a humorous story that obviously ended, well, we didn't die. No, you're <laughs> still <not> here. Bored. <laughs> But when we hear stories like by International Justice Mission and other places where they have to go into countries where the people who are poor and weak and not being taken care of, they have to go and actually like put some stick to these people and say like, look, you have to take care. These people are under your care. Mm-hmm. And um, you can't just let them be manipulated and sold into slavery and put into brothels and all this kind of stuff. No. There has to be some standard. Yeah. And so, you see God in Ezekiel here saying, like, your people aren't doing what I asked you to do. Yeah, I put you there, King da- like King David and others did, but other leaders after that, they were all just about taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. So he wants to fire the shepherds, yeah. but he has another plan, which is where the Christmas story gets in. So do you want to read yeah. Ezekiel 34, 11 to 16?
1: 34, 11 to 16, and then verse 23. So, Levin says this, it, the title is, The Lord God will seek them out. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. And then down to verse 23. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd.
0: So when we read this passage, all of a sudden it switches from blaming the shepherds and like a parent that says, enough, you guys aren't doing a good job. I'm going to come down and I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. It's like God's saying, like, I've given you all these chances, mm-hmm. but now I actually have to come down and I have to do this and I have to be your shepherd Yeah. and show you how to take care of the people that I yeah. put under your care. And so that's where the Christmas link comes in, especially verse 23, where it says that I will send my one shepherd my servant David, right? And he will be shepherd over the sheep. And that's the whole thing that's fulfilled then in the New Testament where Jesus is the son of David come to reign. Yeah, because he's from the line of David. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so you look at passages all throughout the New Testament, in John 10 specifically, where Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, I am the shepherd of the sheep. And he's referring back to this Ezekiel 34 passage. And he says, all those who came before me were thieves and robbers, and they didn't take care of the sheep. They were mm-hmm. like hired hands, and they ran away when people came into any trouble. But I am the shepherd, and I will take care of my sheep. Mm-hmm. So this image comes through over and over again in the New Testament that Jesus says, I'm the fulfillment of that prophecy. Yeah. So it's an amazing Christmas background to the Christmas story. And we've done this passage in a number of places this fall. And every
1: time you've done it, I am convicted and amazed at the contrast between the human shepherds and what they have done, and then God as the shepherd. Yeah.
0: And I think all of us, in all of us, as we read the shortcomings of the human shepherds, we think, oh! Am I doing that too? Am I taking care of myself instead of taking care of the people that are under my need? Yeah, because we're
1: all guilty at times. For sure. Yeah,
0: Like, it's actually a little bit scary when I read that part. Yeah. And then we go, yes, at least Jesus came. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He can be the great shepherd. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so we've used this passage in a lot of different contexts. And that's what we wanted to spend the next, whatever, 10, 15 minutes talking about. Like, why has this passage really captured our attention Mm -hmm. over the last, especially this fall? We've Mm -hmm. used it a lot. Yeah, A lot of different settings. Mm -hmm. So... What would you say? So you have said
1: we are all shepherds. Yeah. So that's all of us listening, not just pastors and elders at Northview, but all of us Male, are female, shepherds. Male, yep. old, young. We're all shepherds. So how are we shepherds and who are our sheep is the question you have been asking all of us. Yeah. To consider who are the sheep that we individually have been called by God to care for. Right. So in our marriages and we, if we have kids, but it might also be a few other examples, might be... Yeah, being single yeah. or
0: being later in life or whatever doesn't have, let you off the hook. <laughs> no, we have people under our care. So what are some examples? So I think of my kids, mm-hmm. but then I also think of their friends. Yeah. They come mm-hmm. over, uh, they're part of their, some of my sheep that are assigned to me that I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Giving. Kids that
1: we carpool. We have parents or siblings, even when they're adults. Yeah. People that are in our circles now. We're coming up to Christmas, and you have family gatherings. Well, for a time, they are our sheep. We are caring for each other at a family gathering.
0: Yeah. We have coworkers and neighbors, nieces, nephews. Yeah. Yeah. Friends. I think you might have mentioned that already. Um, and then those assigned to us specifically by our jobs. So mm-hmm. there might be. Um, Thalia and I have the sheep, our sheep are the women of Northview yeah. in Abbotsford and Mission. Mm-hmm. So we are not running all over from Aldergrove to Chilliwack taking care of different women in different churches. No, like the so sheep, the Central Heights
1: women are not our sheep. No. And the Ross Road women are great, but they're not our
0: sheep yeah. as the sheep of Northview. Yeah. Um, so you might have others that are your sheep based on your job. So it could be, if you're uh, in a hospital, it could be your patients under your care. Yeah. If you're a teacher, it could be the kids. Yeah, and their families. And their families, yeah, yeah. exactly. And but you might only families. have them for a season, like mm-hmm. if you
1: think of if you're a teacher, you might only have them for that school year. They are your sheep for that school year, and then you might have an entirely different group the next year. A new flock. Yeah, <laughs> or with our kids. You know, they're in an activity for a year, but then the next year the kids and the families change up, so those are not your sheep necessarily anymore. They're not the ones that you're intentionally looking out for, Yeah. is what we mean by sheep. The ones that you're keeping your eyes and ears open for, how can we come alongside? How can we encourage how can we strengthen them? How can we bind up the injured? Yeah, like help the weak? exact terms in, the, in that scripture. Yeah.
0: Like, how can yeah, bind them up? How can we strengthen them? Yeah. How can we feed them? Yes. How can we care for them? People who are sick, Seek they the need lost. a meal. Yeah. yeah. And we need to sometimes take care of
1: each other's kids, or we need to drop off, I don't know, different things that encourage
0: and, and bind up and strengthen our family and friends. Yeah. So this Christmas season, we'd encourage you to think about who are your sheep? Mm -hmm. Who has God given specifically to you to care for? And why is it important for us to think about that? Yeah. Well,
1: we can't take care of everyone.
0: No, it can be overwhelming, right? When when you think
1: think of the news every day, and you think of all the information on the different people who are hurting and refugees across the world. Well, I personally cannot take care of all the refugees across the world. I have, and we have contributed money. But we can't do everything. Yeah. So we have to narrow it down to the people who are under our care and how can
0: we help in ways that work for our family, that are practical and all that kinds of thing. Yeah. So we're not saying necessarily do more. No. Although if, somebody, if some of you are doing nothing, <laughs> we might need yeah. to kick you in the pants a little bit because yeah. none of us get off the hook for doing nothing. No. We all have to have our eyes and ears out. Yes. But we're not saying do more. I could be at church every night serving a different group of people. True. But is that taking care of the sheep that God specifically entrusted to me. Well, I don't necessarily think it is. Well, and you and I are constantly having this conversation because
1: Crystal and I, as women pastors, are often asked to participate on committees or speak at different events or be part of different conferences or whatever. And we always have to consider, are these our sheep? Is this where we should put our time and energy? Because if we do a certain thing, we'll be be neglecting the women that are under our care. Mm -hmm. So there's a big discussion we have
0: across the desks because we have the open office concept. (laughs) Regularly, it does because, yeah, because there aren't very many women pastors, and so when they have a few of us, yeah, they ask us to do all kinds of stuff, which is good. It's that you know, it's good to be able to be part of those discussions, but we have to be careful because we don't want to spread ourselves so thin that we're not taking care of the people that God really has asked us to.
1: Yeah. So it also links in with good boundaries. Yeah. So you think of your families, you can't necessarily take care of everybody on your street, but there might be one or two families or one or two people
0: that you may need to intentionally for a time care for a little bit more. Yeah. My son is living in a basement suite of a couple in Vancouver, and he said to me the other day, I just love that they treat us as people. Like, they have us over mm-hmm. for supper every once in a while. They're not just their tenants. And I thought, like, that's just a great idea, a great way, example of caring for sheep, right? Yeah. They're people that are in their care. They don't have to do anything for them. They're just renting their basement suite. Yeah. But these, this couple is intentionally reaching out to these three young guys in their yeah. suite and inviting them up for supper.
1: I think of my parents. My parents live in North Vancouver, and tonight they're coming out to watch the MEI uh, Christmas concert. Mm-hmm. And so they are stopping by Mark's mom's house, who she struggles with dementia, and she has 24 live-in care, 24-hour live-in care. She cannot yeah. live on her own anymore. And so she can't come to a Christmas concert unless someone picks her up. And so my parents, for the last years, always go and pick her up, bring her all the way out to Abbotsford. We have a meal together, go yeah. to the concert, and then they bring her all the way back home before they go back to North Van. It's out of their way, it takes extra time, they have to care for her because she cannot care for herself anymore. She needs help to even do basic things like go to the washroom and they're doing that. Mm-hmm. And we are so thankful because for Mark and I to go to Vancouver to bring her here is a whole lot more uh, difficult. Yeah. So we need to come alongside each other and help in ways
0: that are just care for each other. Yeah, yeah so it's important to do, it's important to know how much to do and yeah. who the sheep are. And I think it's also important to be strategic about it. Mm-hmm. So I know for myself, I can look at the list of all the women attending all the different studies and think, like this year, I think it was 506. Yeah, when, right? per week. Per week, coming out to either Monday night psalm study, Wednesday morning psalm study, Monday night admission, Monday night precept study, Friday morning precepts. I think this was the five groups. Out of so. those five, it was 506? Yeah. I think I could look at that and say, well, there's no way I could care for all these people. But I can meet with the 10 people that regularly are the teachers and leaders there. Yes. And then those 10 teachers and leaders can have five or 10 people under them that yes. are also helping care for the sheep. And together we can care for the 506. Yeah. But I can't do that myself. No. But so it's knowing your role, being
1: strategic. In yes. That. Very intentional, very strategic, talking about it with wise people around you to check are you doing too much? Are you doing too little? Where do you need to step in? Where do you need to step out?
0: Yeah. And then also where your gifting is. Mm -hmm. So last night you went to the precepts group. Yeah. And you talked about the fact that Angie's very gifted in teaching and she wants to spend her time in that. And you're very gifted in dealing with people's muck (laughs) and that's where you want to spend your time. And so even being able to, so people know who to go to, right? Who's the best person in this situation? Well,
1: because we're all a team. Everyone listening, we are part of a team, not only a team as Christians in our church, but also a team in our neighborhoods and in our jobs. And we can't do it all. So we need to partner together to do little pieces together.
0: Yeah. The important thing is that sheep are taken care of. Yes. But not that we do everything. No. Not that we're the savior for everybody. No. Because then it can become our own ego. Yeah. Where we want to be that savior complex and be the hero. Yeah. Or else we can burn ourselves completely out. I think people
1: are surprised by that in the care department that Vic and I might get a crisis call or a text or an email and we don't necessarily run out immediately. Mm-hmm. We have to actually assess what the difficulty is and how urgent it is and we may task someone else to go do it. We may say wait till tomorrow. We may say wait for an hour or we might go immediately depending on that. But a good shepherd kind of has to discern when do you step in and how quickly and who do you get to do it. Yeah. Because it isn't always me, because I, that's not good for my ego. It's not, nobody needs me all the time. (laughs) It should
0: be Vic, it should be other people. Yeah. And you also try and figure out who are the other people that this person's connected to. Yes. Right? And who can be also a part of this front line of defense. Well, community groups. Community groups, yeah. Community uh, groups are a huge first line of
1: defense and offense, even in our church. They are the ones that care for each other, first of all. And when it gets too heavy, then we get other people involved. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, we are all shepherds. Mm -hmm. And we need to think about that, who our sheep are, and think well on this passage. What does it mean then to seek the lost, to bring back the strayed, to bind up the injured, to strengthen the weak? Yeah. You've also talked about the fact that we're all sheep. Yeah.
1: That we are also cared for by others. And so are we, um, I don't know, how have you said, you've talked about that, about are we being... Are we doing what we can as sheep?
0: Yeah, I think, first of all, it helps me remember that, yeah, I'm just a dumb sheep. Like, (laughs) I don't know everything. God doesn't require everything of me. Um, I play both those roles of shepherd and sheep, and sometimes I'm going to get it wrong, and God's going to be the one that's going to lead and guide me. Um, I think the other times I've talked about the fact that we're all sheep is to recognize that all of us, are in some kind of failed human relationships at mm-hmm. some point, right? We might have been fit, had parents that didn't care for us, like the shepherds were supposed to. Yeah. We might have spouses who aren't treating us exactly how they're supposed to, according to Scripture. Yeah. We might have friends or been in situations where they're tough things, where human people have let yeah. us down. And I think too often we go to other human people to solve those problems, not realizing that you know it's really Jesus that is the one that can help us. Yeah. work through that, that yeah. can heal those hurts and bind us up and strengthen us. And not that human people aren't part of it, but we can't expect that one perfect person to save no. us, right? We can't expect that one person to take away all the pain and all the hurt and all the anger and all the frustration.
1: Yeah. It's a little bit like when people come to us wanting a mentor. Yeah. And it's not wrong to have a mentor. It's not good. It's can be very good, but we need a variety of people to speak into our lives, to be that shepherd, not just one god can be our one shepherd but in terms of human relationships we need a variety
0: of people yeah so i'd encourage people i do encourage them all the time if if they have been hurt by people to be to get to know god more Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be in his word more to spend time in prayer to bring all these hurts before him and say, Lord, like, I'm really lonely and I want friends and I need to figure this out and help me figure it out. And, you know, rather than ranting about it publicly somewhere else, Mm -hmm. bring that to him and say, like, can you help me heal some of this past baggage so that I can be a good friend to other people, so that I can be a good wife to other people, so that I can do these things and be who you want me to be and enter fully into the relationships Mm -hmm. that you want me to enter into.
1: Yeah.
0: And not expect other people to fix us.
1: Yeah. We pin (laughs) our hopes on other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do the work ourselves. Like what we are capable of doing, we should be doing. Yeah. And instead we'd like to have a pity party
0: all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So that's all we have for you, really. Yeah. Unless there's something more that you think of. No, this message has been, we've been working on this all fall. We'll be working on it again. Yeah. So if you hear us talking about shepherds and sheep, This is what we're talking about. We use it at our leadership retreat with all the people who are teaching and leading in women's ministry. Um, And like we said, Thalia and I talk about it often, is this something I need to get involved in? Are these my sheep? Is this what God's called me to do? And it might not be something I do regularly, I might have to do something one time just because I've been asked to do it, but if it's an ongoing thing, is this really what God's called me to do? Is this the people he's put under my care?
1: Yeah. It's very important to discern those things. Yeah. And I would encourage you to do it with other people, giving you wise counsel. Because sometimes on our own, we can't necessarily see, you know, it gets a little bit foggy and murky as we're trying to figure it out for ourselves sometimes. Yeah. But if you can get other people's
0: input, that would be good. Which is why we're always asking each other <laughs> that <know>. question. <laughs> it's I good because we have clarified things over time as mm-hmm. we've asked that question. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So should I pray Yes, yeah. us as we leave? that'd be great. Okay. Lord, we thank you for your word and that Ezekiel 34, which was written so long ago, 600 years before Jesus came, uh, is so applicable to us today. Lord, we thank you um, just for the message that you have in here of what you've called leaders to do, to be people who bind up the injured, who seek the lost, people who've walked away from you or people who've walked away from our families or or other people, other relationships. Lord, you to call us to strengthen the weak and you call us... um, just to be your hands and your feet here, Lord. So Lord, I pray for all of us who are leaders, I pray that we would take this seriously. For all of us who have, we know who our family members are, Lord, who need your care, or are the kids in our neighborhood who need your care, or our neighbors, or our basement suite tenants, or friends, family members, coworkers, Lord, who need a touch from you, Lord, I pray that you would give us insight and knowledge as to how we can be a good shepherd in that situation. Mm-hmm. We pray that you would increase our love for people and our care for them, and and our courage, sometimes it takes courage to seek people who are lost, who are pushing against you, or people who have distanced themselves from us, Lord. I pray that you just give us courage and grace and compassion and the words to say and also to know when to when to leave things and just to pray for people. Yeah. And Lord, I thank you for the reminder too in here that we are all sheep and that we all have areas in our life that are broken and messy. Um, areas where we need your healing and we need your help. And so Lord, we just thank you that we can come to you for that. And we can ask for your healing. We can ask for you to um, protect our hearts. We can ask for you to bind up the areas in our life where we're not very strong, uh, to strengthen us for situations that we're facing. Thank you that we can rely on you, and Lord, we just thank you, Jesus, that you came here to be the shepherd of the sheep, to show us what it looked like to lead people well, Um, not with force and with harshness, but with gentleness Mm -hmm. and with love. You led your disciples, and um, your church was founded upon that, Lord. So we thank you uh, that you have come here, that you've shown us what it's like, and we pray that we would just follow your example as we lead the sheep that you've put under our care. So, Lord, as we go into this Christmas season, I pray that you would be leading and guiding us every step of the way as we enter family gatherings and as we enter um, Christmas parties Mm -hmm. and things going around our neighborhood and at the mall. Lord, may we be uh, your representatives. May we be your ambassadors um, everywhere that you take us. So we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us.